to another episode of Shot and Chop. I am your host, Josh Cannon, and today we are about to chop it up. What's up, everybody? So today I had a topic that was just on my mind that I wanted to talk to you all about, and that is the art of timeless photography. So a lot of us are creatives. We have portrait work. We have landscape work, all of these different genres and styles of photography. But there's one thing that is in common with all of those things, and that is the work itself being timeless. A lot of the greats that we look up to, no matter what it is we're looking into, it could be photography. It could be music. It could be movies. All of these things have some type of timeless aspect in in them that will allow us to be able to um, gain inspiration from that work. So in this episode, I want to talk about a way to future proof your photography business so that your artwork will be around for many years to come. So again, let's dive a little bit deeper into what timeless actually means. I want you to think of the scenario within iconic artists, composers, movies, all of those people and all of those groups. Why is it that they create decades, even centuries ago, and their work is still prominent today? It's because what they have created has become timeless or a classic piece of art. You have people like Elvis Presley. He was around back in the 50s. Okay, I have mixed opinions about Elvis, but it still stands true. His work was I mean, his music came out over 60, 70 years ago. And I guarantee you, you know who Elvis Presley is and know an Elvis Presley song. Think about Mozart. Think about Beethoven. These composers, they lived centuries ago, but you still know Beethoven's Fifth Symphony if you were to hear it, right? Because they have a timeless element to their work that allows people to still relate to it. And that's how it was able to be passed down for centuries. I'm talking centuries. That's like hundreds of years, not just one century, but centuries. All right. Now, you can do the same thing with your photography, with your work, whether it's portraiture, landscape, like I was mentioning before. Um, who knows? Sometimes someday, maybe one of your pieces of art is going to be passed down and somebody might discover it centuries from now. But if we're talking about just within our lifespan of how we want our work to be remembered and still remain relevant, you have to start creating timeless pieces of art. So to me, something can be timeless in a couple of different ways, either something that was created around an unforgettable experience. So think about 9-11. Think about all the photojournalists who took pictures during that traumatic event, right? Those pictures are going to go down in history. They're being used in history books. Those pictures are never going to be forgotten because those events are never going to be forgotten. Think about people that take pictures at the Super Bowl. All of those things, either good or bad, are very memorable experiences that somebody had to photograph. And that's just within photojournalism. Think about somebody who captures a photograph, a portrait that somebody really resonates with, right? There's a reason why you resonate with that photo, not just because it's a trendy outfit or a trendy concept that everybody's trying to jump on and do, but deeper than that, if you really look into it, there's something that is relatable across multiple groups of people, or across multiple age groups and across multiple genres that causes that work to gain a lot of popularity. So outside of basing your work around a memorable, traumatic, or positive experience, you also can create timeless art through evoking emotion, right? So whether that emotion is happy, whether that emotion is sad, whether that uh, emotion is lonely, 
whether that emotion is helpless, if you can get your viewer to see that and feel that, I guarantee you, you're going to have a piece of timeless work that is going to last because all of us as humans, we feel emotion. That's what makes us human, being able to feel different emotions. And that worked into your artwork on top of it being um, a sharp, crispy image, on top of it being something that may be unique on top of it being something that may even work in something that's trendy. And we're going to talk about trendy stuff in a second, but the roots of your work being timeless either is based around, I feel some type of traumatic experience or emotion or feeling. So how do you get that emotion? You can get it through body language. So you as a photographer have a talk with your model, like really sit down and plan out and map out the photo shoot. Like don't just go and, you know, throw a shoot together and you don't have any direction or purpose behind it. Like try to say, okay, this is the idea that I have. This is the emotion that I'm trying to evoke. These are the poses that I want to incorporate within the body language. These are the colors that I want to mix in. Like you really want to make your viewers feel something when they're looking at a picture, not just going based off of their sense of sight, but their sense of feel like their emotional feel. So think about those things the next time you start putting together a photo shoot. Emotion, 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 emotion. If anything else, that's what I want you to remember in this podcast episode, and that is emotion. Now, trendy work. Let's talk a little bit about that. Trendy isn't necessarily a bad thing, and it's not necessarily a good thing. So you can create something that's trendy. And what I mean by that, think about TikTok, think about Instagram Reels, Think about, um, I guess you could say YouTube and just your overall concepts and Pinterest. That's a really good, a really good idea of what I'm talking about. These trendy things are things that people have, you know, seen the idea. One person creates it. Another person replicates it. Another person replicates it. Somebody else remixes it. And it just starts to be begun, begun to be done over and over and over again. Right. And then automatically, just because that's what's hot and that's what's really popular at that point in time, it's automatically going to spike up your views, especially if it's, uh, you know, decently or OK with how it was executed. You're, you're going to just by osmosis get that spike on your content because you're adding to that trend that is currently going on. But with trendy stuff, just as fast as it grows, it will also crash just as fast. I don't mean crash, like ruin your business or anything like that, but it'll be popular one second and then another second it won't be. So if you strategically use trendy concepts to promote yourself and to build your audience, that can be a positive thing. If you build your entire business on trendy concepts, that can be a bad thing because you're going to be constantly having to find the new trend, find what's hot, find the new in concept, you know? But if you're just using that as a way of getting people into your community, getting people into your audience, and once they're there, like using what makes you unique through your timeless work, that's what's going to keep people around. That's what's going to really show people what you're capable of. And we really want to get to that point to be able to achieve a long-term sustainable business, right? Your timeless work is not only going to be there long after you're gone, it's going to make people recognize your work and be able to reach a larger audience. So if you break things down, let's say into age groups, 18 to 21, 21 to 25, 30 to 40 crowd, the 50 crowd, the older crowd, right? 
if you're creating something that's timeless, all of these different generations are going to be able to relate to your work in some way, shape or form. Different cultures are going to be able to relate to your work in some way, shape or form. It's just like music. So um, I always reference back to music because I am myself a musician. Um, music is like a universal language. Everybody, no matter what part of the world you're from, we could all sit down. We could have five different people from different countries and sit down and play the same song because music is a universal language. We read it all the same. So if you think about emotions themselves, like we mentioned earlier, we all have the same emotion. No matter if you are from America, no matter if you're from Australia, all of us as human beings have some way, shape or form the same emotions. We may experience them different. We may have different things that trigger them, but we still all feel those same emotions. So at the root of that, we can all sympathize and feel those same emotions. Another thing, well, another thing to think about is pop culture versus something that's classic, like a classic, a true classic. It may not have been created right then and there in that moment. It's been around for a long time. So it's a classic like that's a compliment for something to be a classic. It means that it, no matter how old it gets, you're still going to be able to appreciate that. Um, I'm not into, I'm not really big into cars or anything like that, but classic cars are an easy example of that. You can recognize and appreciate a classic car just because of the build, maybe the color, maybe uh, the way it drives, the sound, the nostalgia of that car. You know, it's a classic piece that all age groups can appreciate compared to pop culture. Pop culture, short for popular culture, it's what's poppy, it's what's trendy. It's going to, like I said, it's going to skyrocket just as fast as it's going to crash. I like that. It's going to skyrocket just as fast as it's going to crash. So use that to your advantage. Use that in a way that you can pivot and use to your advantage to get people to see and um be in front of the ones that you want to see your classic work and your trendy work. So mixing it up, that's pretty much the main thing that I wanted to get across in this episode. When you're creating timeless pieces of art, when you're creating trendy pieces of art, you need like a balance between the two. But I wanted to tell you all that timeless photography is definitely the key to long-term success. It may not give you immediate gratification, but if you do it enough, if you're true to like evoking an emotion, if you're true to creating timeless photography, then your photography business is going to continue to grow. You're going to be that classic photographer who's still around 10 years, 20 years from now. Your artwork still around 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years from now. We don't know what photography might look like at that point, but the final result, the picture, the digital picture, the printed picture, who knows, holographic pictures at that point are still going to be around for people to appreciate. All right. So that wraps it up. Uh, this was not meant to be a long episode. Like I just really wanted to get that thought out to you all and let me know. What do you think describes something as being classic? What do you think describes something as being timeless? But uh, if I break it down in my definition, those two things are basing things around something that happened that's traumatic and basing it around emotion. If you use those two things, whatever you create to some extent is going to become timeless. And also don't be afraid to mix in that trendy work with your timeless work. And that is creating a versatile photography experience. If you guys like this episode, this short episode that I wanted to come out with today, 
um, make sure that you go onto Instagram and check out Shot and Chop. We do have an official podcast for Shot and Chop now. It's the same way as it is on Apple Podcasts, S-H-O-T-N, Chop. If you'd like to check out my photography work, please support that as well at Candid underscore productions with two N C A N N D I D underscore productions. And then I'm going to have to catch you guys on the next episode. Have a good one. <laughs>